Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. This is episode 361, and I'm Jordan Stoltz, your host of the show. Today I'm going to be talking about sprinting based on Wednesday's episode, where I gave us a very simple way to get lean. If you haven't went and listened to that one yet, please go do so before this episode because I talk a little bit about that one and uh, reference that a few times on on this show. So hopefully you guys enjoy this one. If you enjoy this type of content, reach out to me. Let me know. Stoltz Jordan on Instagram through the DMs is the best place to get a hold of me. Follow me there for some content about my life, updates on the show, and also to interact with me through the messages. That's my favorite place to talk to fans and other people who just want some help. Let's get started today's show, episode 361, talking about sprinting and how not to get hurt while doing it. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. What's up, everybody? Jordan Stoltz here, your host of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Welcome to another show. And in today's show, I'm going to be talking about sprinting. I'm going a little bit off subject, a little bit off course of my normal um, diet talk on Fridays, foodie Friday type of thing, because I kind of did that a little bit on Wednesday. I talked a little bit about nutrition, fat loss diets, things like that. So um, instead, I want to talk about sprinting today because on Wednesday I did talk about sprinting and some simple workouts that you should be doing some simple methods to do if you want to get lean very quickly and give your body no choice but to get lean sprinting is a great way to do that that being said I was bugged by it just like I was bugged by Monday's show and had to do Wednesday's show now I'm bugged by Wednesday's show and have to do Friday's show I need to the strength conditioning coach in me needs to do a quick episode and this one will be a bit shorter on how to prevent injuries while sprinting. There are a few things you should do and some things you can do to protect yourself, keep yourself healthy, because as I've said in many shows before, the only thing that can really derail your progress and give you no choice but to not work hard is injuries. If you can avoid injuries and stay healthy, you know you will get your results and it will be in a timely manner. In sports, it's the same way. You don't, you know, the most successful athletes, the most successful ones with the best seasons and the best stats and the best, you know, the most MVP awards and even championships probably don't get hurt very often. The Iron Men, you know, LeBron James doesn't get hurt very often. There's a reason he's one of the best of all time because he just stays healthy. He's Iron Man. He never gets hurt. You know, the people that get hurt often, typically their careers start to take a downturn. And fitness isn't as serious as our careers taking a downturn, but it will slow our progress down. So staying healthy is very, very important. Probably the most important thing when you're structuring a training program. And I do not recommend, like I said on Wednesday, that anyone just jump in and start sprinting on a flat football field without... It's a lot of preparation and some of the things I'm going to talk about 
today. So mainly, you know, what are we talking about when we talk about sprinting injuries? Well, it's typically hamstrings because you're doing a lot of hip, of quick hip flexion and extension, right? The knees are coming up. They're extending back behind you. I've seen a lot of hamstring pulls from sprinting. And also, I would say you could lump groin in there a little bit, depending on how you're sprinting, if you're doing shuttle runs or anything like that. I'd also put hip flexors in there, though, because you are bringing those knees up quick. And if you've ever done a sprinting workout, like I talked about in the last show, where you're doing you know, 20 sprints with not very much rest in there, you're doing very intense type of session, you might have experienced like sore hip flexors in the front of your hip. That's just from that quick you know, piston type motion of bringing your hips, your knees up, that leg drive each time. And if you're not used to that, that could get you very sore. Usually if something would get sore from a workout, it means it could have the potential to hurt you there. And I don't mean that always in a bad way. I mean, technically, you know, squats, squats would get your quad sore. And I guess potentially you could tear a quad doing a squat pretty unlikely but it is the same area you know because it's the area under stress under load and that's the same like with sprinting what gets sore typically it's your hamstrings sometimes your glutes and hip flexors typically it's not your quads sometimes it's your calves ankles feet things like that um so those are the areas we need to watch out for specifically hamstring pulls and hip flexor problems um and in general you know the best way to prevent injury is frequency and the best way to prevent soreness is frequency in my opinion if you can consistently sprint four times a week by a couple weeks in you're not going to be getting sore and you're probably going to be less likely to get hurt um, for anything other than overuse injuries so that being said um, you know you don't just want to jump right in you don't want to go into the deep end of the pool just because doing it often is going to make you less sore and probably less likely to get hurt during the activity you definitely want to ease into it and there's some things you can do to prevent injuries in sprinting so the first thing you can do and probably what i would do as a strength coach is some kind of resisted sprinting now this could be one of those fancy parachute things that you pull behind you or in a more simple way it would be a sled either a sled that you would pull with a harness um, or a prowler something you would push both work very very well growing up I, when I first started getting into all this, I found a tire with a rim on it, and that was my sled. I'd put a rope through that, tie the rope around my waist, and just go out and do sprints. I would actually load the sled with softener salt. Each bag of softener salt was 40 pounds, so it was easy for me to keep track of, and I'd you know, build up to a few bags of softener salt doing my sprints. Um, you can keep it simple. You can, be, you can be creative there, but some kind of resistance is a good thing. And, um, you can, that's going to slow you down. And that's really all it is, is you're slowing down the movement, making it less likely that you're going to get hurt doing it. Pushing a sled or pulling a sled is probably the best way to do this. If you have access to one, um, I actually DIY'd my own prowler. Um, but you don't have to do that. You can buy a pretty cheap sled on Amazon or a sporting goods store or Walmart or something like that, which is a great way to get some sprints in. You don't even have to load it heavy. You don't have to be pushing, you know, 300 pounds on the prowler or something. It could be 40 pounds, but just that little bit of weight and the change in how your mechanics are 
is it's going to it's going to slow you down. It's going to keep you healthier. I think that the mechanics changing is also, I guess, number two. And you can change your sprinting mechanics um, kind of automatically by doing something like pulling a sled or resistance because you are going to lean forward just naturally as you're pulling that item, you know. And I guess the other alternative here would be hill sprints or sprinting up some kind of grade. If you are sprinting up some kind of grade, you're slowing yourself down, number one, because you're going uphill. But also, you're changing your mechanics. You're leaning forward because you got to get up that hill. But the nice thing about hill sprints is you're also shortening the range of motion very slightly because your foot's not coming down as far, right? Because it's going up in front of you, if you can think of a hill your foot would be higher than the last foot, you know? So those are really helpful. And that's number one and number two. And they kind of go together, changing kind of um, subconsciously, I guess subconsciously, I don't know if that's the right word, I guess automatically without thinking about it, whatever word would fit there, um, changing your sprinting mechanics and slowing the sprint down. Um, The next thing would be to always start with like five to six easy sprints before you go all out, right? You'd think of this like weight training. Think of sprinting because it is a high-intensity activity. You would think of it just like building up to a heavy deadlift, right? You wouldn't go for your 95% of your one rep max deadlift, um, even for a single. You wouldn't walk up to that without pulling at least three, four, five sets of warm-ups first. Right, you'd probably even do a little dynamic warm up first if you're into that. Then you would start pulling some weight off the floor, and that would start out. Maybe it would be the bar. Maybe it would be 95 pounds. Maybe 135, 225, 315, whatever your deadlift ends up being. Right, you would work up to that weight, and that's what you need to do in sprinting too. If you think of your full body weight on flat ground being your max, you need to work up to that. Whether it's pushing a sled, going up a hill, jogging, and then slowly building up your sprinting speed. I like, it's very useful to be able to gauge your sprints at percents. So 60%, you know, start sprint number ones at 40%, sprint number twos at 50, sprint number threes at 60, then you bump up to 75, and then your first work sprint is 80% of your max speed you could go. And you can build up to there depending on how many sprints you have to do. If you're doing five sprints, you could probably go very high percentage the whole time. If you're doing 20, you might have to hang out a little bit lower. It's just like running with a heart rate. You wouldn't want to be at your max heart rate for the whole time. And you wouldn't want to just spike up to that without a warm-up. Or in weight training, you wouldn't want to jump right up to your one rep max. You'd want to build that up slowly. And if you're doing 20 sets with a weight, you would hang out at a lower percentage than you would if you're doing one set of one. So it's the same way with sprinting, and it's actually probably helpful to think of that in a lot of different activities, but sprinting is what we're talking about today. So that's what we have so far. Pretty simple stuff. Building up to the sprint, changing the mechanics, um, and then changing the speed. Also with mechanics, the next one is I would focus on improving sprint mechanics. Now in a way, you don't have to overanalyze this, right? And the simple guy in me, basically is telling you don't spend too much time majoring in the minors here and just get out and sprint right I don't want you focusing on sprint technique when you haven't even sprinted go find a hill and let it fix itself that's probably the best solution 
But if you really are serious about wanting to include this and get better at sprinting, focusing on your mechanics is going to be a good thing. And that goes all the way down to how your foot strikes on the ground all the way up to how relaxed or tight your jaw is as you're running. All these things matter and they do make a difference in your speed and energy output that you're putting. And um, of course, those are related to injury risk. So that's the next one. Um, the next thing is going to be more weight room related, but it does help. And that is to get very, very strong hamstrings. Typically, for the most part, very big generalization here, but from what I've seen, in my experience, a lot of hamstring pulls, a lot of injuries, they are a result of a weak muscle. Now, I'm a big fan getting stronger, going heavier, doing what you need to do. Strong hamstrings aren't going to get hurt as easily as weak hamstrings. I think that's more important even than mobility and stuff like that because I think that for sprinting, the strength work just by nature from the hamstrings, the curl and extension and the like a straight leg, the hinge, you know, that kind of motion, that's going to be mobility in itself. And you shouldn't have much of an issue if you get actually really strong at those. You're not going to have tight hamstrings if you're not sitting all day. If you are sprinting and you're strengthening your hamstrings with all those movements, it's not going to be that big of an issue. What is going to be an issue is if you're weak and if your hamstrings can't handle the load that you're suddenly throwing at it, because even hill sprints are going to be quite the load on your hamstrings uh, total volume-wise. So heavy RDLs should be your bread and butter. That's a straight leg deadlift. I mean heavy, like get up to very, very strong RDLs. No, don't just do sets of 10, 12, 15 as a hypertrophy exercise. Try heavier weights, five reps, eight reps, six reps, things like that. I've even done doubles before on RDLs. Just focused on that heavy weight and perfect form. Um, yeah, get strong on those. Leg curls should be important. And of course, whole compound movements like deadlifts and squats should be included as well as lunges and things like that. Um, yeah, okay, so that's strengthen your hamstrings. My next one is just a way of training, and that's to do a movement into a sprint. And for some reason, these always feel better to me and athletes than they do just a dead stop sprint, sitting there in the starting position and boom, pistol goes and you shoot off in the race. That typically doesn't feel as good as doing like, a side shuffle, spin, and then sprint, or even a slow jog, and then sprint, or maybe something like three burpees, and then sprint, right? Three burpees is nothing. That's not going to get you tired. That's not going to, you know, whoop you. It's not going to be that hard to do. It's just going to kind of get you moving loose, and you're going to have a better, more natural starting point for the sprint. When you're starting from a dead stop, it's very awkward feeling if you're not used to it very often. And especially if you're bent over like a sprinter, um, it just doesn't feel normal because that's not typically how we would start sprinting. But if you're already running, you're doing a jog, bumping up the speed, doing that little kick, that's not going to feel that unnatural. And even if you're doing, let's say you do 10 push-ups, jump up and then start sprinting. Because you have such a quick reaction time there from the push-up to the sprint, your body's just going to naturally go right into the sprinting position it needs to. So I'm not saying you need to do like circuits because of the circuit. I'm just saying sometimes an activity into an activity is going to make it more natural feeling. 
So I would probably pair something explosive like a burpee, like literally two or three. It doesn't need to be crazy. Or one med ball toss overhead, throw it up the hill, and then sprint up, go past it, and then pick it up on the way down, do it again. That would be a good way to do it. Um, or you could just simply start your sprint off at like 50%, build up to 70, 80, 90, something like that. So those are some tips for you today. Um, of course, the most important thing is to ease into it. It's always good to ease into things. You don't want to go all in right away if you've never done it before, especially with something like sprinting. Focusing on your strength, technique, those are kind of long-term fixes. The short-term fixes are a load like a prowler or a sled. I think anyone could do that right now. You don't need to work on technique, mobility, and strength very much to go do that. Just push a sled, pull a sled. Um, also, the hill, great option, or changing your technique by kind of doing a different movement beforehand. Those are all things you can implement right now to keep you healthy and safe doing these. Of course, though, ease into it, and um, it's okay to kind of build slowly into it, but the biggest thing is that you're getting it done. And with something as, to be honest, sucky as sprinting, sometimes it's good to just dive right in using one of these tools like a sled or a hill because they do suck. And you're not going to want to, you know, go do two sprints and then three and then four and then five. It's not that type of thing where you're really motivated to go do it. You just have to do it to get to your goal. So that's all for today. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you have any questions, reach out to me on Instagram. I believe I dropped the handle of that in the beginning of this show. But if you missed it, it's always in the description of the podcast, ways you can reach me and get in touch. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. This was episode 361 of the show. I'm Jordan Stoltz, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on, on fitness, fitness, food, and, and freedom. freedom.